Hello and welcome. My name is Father William Maestri, and this is another edition of Gabriel's Trumpet for Thursday, July the 14th. Our reading this morning comes from the book of Exodus, chapter 3, verses 11 through 20, and is a continuation of yesterday, Wednesday's reading, in which uh, Moses received the call from the burning bush to go and to gather the people because the Lord was going to liberate them and Moses was to go and confront Pharaoh and tell him that the Lord wants Israel, the Hebrews, to be set free. And we talked about that to some degree yesterday. Well, now, uh, today, uh, we continue that in which Moses continues his conversation with the Lord uh, before the burning bush. And Moses said, but when I go to the Israelites and say to them, when I go to your people, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And if they ask me, what is his name? What am I to tell them? God replied, I am who am. Then he added, this is what you shall tell the Israelites. I am sent me to you. And the I am is in capital letters. In other words, Moses is asking for God's name because at that particular time and even today, names are very powerful. One of the first things we do when we meet someone especially for the first time, we say our name. Or someone will ask you, what is your name? Usually followed by what do you do? But what is your name? Name is associated with who you are. Names often reflect the quality or the character or aspect of a person. For example, when you're confirmed, you take a confirmation name after a saint. When you're baptized, you're given a Christian name. Granted, we've gotten away from that, unfortunately, not to our betterment. And when you enter religious life as a uh, priest, a brother, a nun, a sister, uh, you take on a religious name, a religious name. And so because we want to be associated with those qualities in that person. We want that to be part of us. And so the idea of name is powerful. Name reveals who you are, and it also gives a certain degree of control over you to another person. They may know where you live, what you do, uh, how you travel, all of those things. And for the ancient people, the person who knew the names of all the gods were the priests, those who tended to the religious duties. That's why they were so powerful, because they could call on the name of the Lord, the name of their Lord, their God, false gods, but their God, and demand that God uh, perform the act that they wanted. They would offer sacrifice, but the sacrifice would be almost like a bribe. 
well, look, we gave you this. Now, okay, God, give me this. Many people pray like that today. Uh, if you give me this, Lord, I'll give up this. If you give me uh, this, I'll put a dollar in the box, whatever it is. We're familiar with that. It's actually a kind of bribe. It's also a conditional giving. I'll give if. If you do this, then I'll do this. We've heard a great deal of quid pro quo, huh? This for that. Well, often we do that in our prayers with God. doesn't work that way. That's not prayer. That's a bribe. And so God says, I am. In other words, you, are, you do not have control and power over me. It is I who am going to do for you. I gave you your name. I gave you your name as my people. And Jesus, in the New Testament, will refer in several passages to I am. And he identifies himself with I am. Because Jesus is the incarnate, the word made flesh, of the God who spoke to Moses on Mount Sinai. You have to take that in. Jesus is the great I, I am. He is the visible presence of the God of Sinai, the God through whom all things came into existence, maintains its existence, and is its ultimate destiny, is to be with God. So I am means you cannot control me, you cannot bribe me, you cannot do any of those kinds of things. I'm not that kind of God. I'm a very different God than these false gods. And God says, this is my name forever, and this is my title for all generations. So go and assemble the Israelites, the elders, and tell them, the God of your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, appear to me, and I am concerned about their treatment in Egypt, and I have decided to leave them out of their misery and to give them a land flowing with milk and honey. This is the promise, promise made to Moses. The great I am, like no other God, is a God of liberation a God of deliverance, and a God who keeps his promise. They will heed your message. Then you and the elders go to the king of Egypt and say, the God of the Hebrews has sent us word. Permit us to go three days' journey into the desert that we may offer sacrifice to the great I Am, to the Lord our God. And of course, uh, I know, says the Lord, the king of Egypt will not allow you unless he is forced. I will stretch out my hand, smite the Egyptians with all kind of wondrous deeds, and then he will send you away. In other words, he won't do it because you told him. I will have to show him my almighty power. That's unfortunate, because the plagues will come upon Egypt, beginning with the Passover and continuing all the way through until finally the disaster for the Egyptians 
as they began to chase the Israelites and are consumed by the Red Sea after the Lord parts it so that Moses and his people can pass safely. And so this is the God, the God who appeared in the burning bush, the God who is the great I am, the deliverer, the one who sets captives free, is the God who keeps promises and the great promise that the Lord has kept is the sending of his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to be our Lord and Savior, to take upon himself our sins and our guilt, take it to the cross, wash away our guilt, as only that divine love can in that great sacrifice on the cross. Jesus is the I am of creation, the I am of Mount Sinai, the I am of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jesus is the visible flesh, real human being, but at the same time, the great I men, the great I am, visible. That is our God who liberates us, not from Egyptians, but liberates us from our great enemies, sin and death. Let us today turn to the Lord, the great I Am, made visible in Jesus, and let us open our whole being and walk in faithful discipleship today for the waters of sin and death are parted, that we may pass safely through into eternal life. God bless you.